0: Hello and welcome to the Tech and podcast. I'm your host, Max Mortilaro, and I'm joined today by my eternal co host, Arian Timmerman. Hello, Arian. Hello, Max. And we have a great host tonight on the podcast, Pujan. Uh, Arian, you've worked a lot with Pujan, right? So do you want to say a word about uh, Pujan before we give a hand to,
1: to Pujan?
2: We actually met at Storage Field Day three, I guess. Or oh, you weren't even there, Pujan, were you?
1: Yeah, no, actually not not at that time uh, physically, but yes, you met my previous company uh, back then, and then we met in person at one of the VM worlds, I believe. Yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely, absolutely, great stuff. So, Pujan, welcome very much.
1: <laughs> uh, thank you, thank you, and and, and thanks, Max. Thanks, Aryan. I love the opportunity. Thank you for the time. So uh, we know you, but not everybody knows you. So, do you want to introduce a bit yourself to our audience? Absolutely. So, yeah, I've uh, you know I've been in the enterprise industry you know a little over 20 years now. Uh, started my career uh, my professional career in, in Oracle, where uh, you know I got an opportunity to build uh, Exadata, which is a, you know, sop- a software hardware integrated appliance for data warehousing. Very popular product. Uh, you know, really took off and and. It really helped me, you know, kind of grow in my own career uh, in almost a decade that I spent at Oracle. Then I spent a couple of years at VMware, uh, you know, kind of uh, working on the on the data product side of, of VMware and and the stuff that VMware was building on top of the platform. And in early 2012, uh, I decided to take uh, kind of my first step in my entrepreneurship journey and started a company called Pernix Data. Uh, and Pernix uh, was a nice, you know, four and a half year journey, which is uh, building. You know, a clustered file system, uh, kind of aggregating server-side Flash. Uh, at the end of this four and a half years, we uh, built, uh, built, built, built something amazing. We had close to 1,000 customers worldwide. We ended up selling that company to Nutanix, pre-IPO. Uh, spent uh, a year and a half uh, at Nutanix. And then uh, ended up leaving uh, to, again, follow my dream uh, in late October to jumpstart this new company called Clumio, uh, you know, that, that I'm currently uh, co-founder and CEO of. So, very
2: cool, uh, Pujan. So, now you've started something new. Can you tell us a little bit more about what the company that you started now, Clumio, is doing and maybe a little bit more about background on the investors and, and everything that's going on building another startup because this is not your first one.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I'll start off with the, with the people uh, behind Clumio. It's all, always all about the, the people first, and then I'll, I'll, I'll kind of go into the why of Clumio, and, and then the what of, of what we are doing at Clumio. On the people side, uh, you know, I kind of teamed up with uh, you know, two of my co-founders, uh, Woon Jung and uh, Kostub Patel, both of them I mean, I've been working with last uh, decade, starting from my VMware days, uh, then at Pernix together, then at Nutanix together, and now we are at Clumio together. You know, Woon is my, my CTO, Kostub is my my VP of engineering, um, and, uh, and before that, you know, both of them have worked on really you know deep technologies with the VMware hypervisor and the VMFS, the VMware file system, so on and so forth. So really deep, you know, technical folks. Uh, so Really excited to have partnered with them to, to build Clumio uh, on the people side. And then um, you know, from an investor perspective, we have some very very cool investors who have, who have decided to back us. You know Mike Spiser, who you know is a very well-known guy in the in enterprise industry, with you know really interesting companies like Pure Storage, uh, Snow, Sumologic, and most recently Snowflake Computing, uh, kind of building these data warehousing as a service in the cloud. Uh, he would kind of led our Series A financing when, when I started Lumio back in October of 2017. Uh, Mike Walpy uh, led our uh, kind of led our next round of financing, our Series B from Index Ventures. Again, very well-known guy in the valley. A very early, you know, Cisco, uh, you know, employee who kind of built a lot of Cisco uh, in the early days and before moving to venture. And then on the venture side, again, some very interesting companies with pure storage and Elastic and Confluent on the cloud side. And some other individual investors, uh, you know, Mark Leslie, uh, again, founder CEO of Veritas, you know, part of your know, Nutanix, NetApp, and many other companies. And John Thompson, who is the chairman of the board at Microsoft. You know, and all of these guys are, are investors in the company and have backed us and, on the venture side uh, helped us raise uh, you know a little over 50 million of financing in the last uh, 18 months so the the little bit of the, of the people uh, around the company obviously you know we have, we have many more uh, in the company and uh, and really around the the why of Clumio, right you know uh, the why was centered around you know, going and, and and basically looking at the secular shift that's happening with uh, you know enterprises moving from you know on premises and more and more taking advantage of the power of the public cloud, which candidly even for me was very theoretical when uh, you know when I started Lumio, but more and more as we have gone and, and kind of taken advantage of the cloud, which I shall get into, uh, it's been just phenomenal and in, in seeing why this has been an amazing transition. And and within that transition, you know more and more you know. Uh, As you see, every vertical, every sector is effectively getting, you know, SaaSified where more and more, you know, companies are building SaaS platforms on top of the public cloud and really delivering these SaaS services for the enterprises to consume. In fact, a lot of the customers that we talked to, one of their, you know, top ways to go and consume the public cloud has been, you know, SaaS, right? And and, and then, then obviously they go and use infrastructure as a service and platform as a service and so on. And so uh, we, we want to take advantage of the fact that, you know, the simplicity of, of SaaS is what is, is going to be winning. And as I said, you see that in, across many sectors, you know, starting off with Salesforce back in the day, but more recently with, you know, things like ServiceNow and Snowflake which is the data warehousing as a service company built on the cloud. And so you're seeing that you know, happen across across multiple sectors. So that has been the why of, uh, of, of Clumio. And uh, and as I said, the newer generation of SaaS companies are uh, are more built on top of the public cloud. And so that's what Clumio is. And kind of diving a little bit into the, the what of Clumio. And so the what is centered around uh, going and essentially building a data platform on top of the public cloud uh you know, starting off with aws and really you know going and delivering you know saas services on top of this data platform and the first uh, service and the first uh, industry that we decided to go after which again is a is a very big industry big use case has been around you know data protection you know specifically around you know backup uh, as a use case you know backup as a service and really going and delivering backup as a service uh, across all dimensions, right, you know, because customer data, enterprise data today, resides in on-premises, right, It resides, you know, in, in applications that are now more and more built in the public cloud, right, in the, in the form of leveraging IAS and PaaS on the public cloud, and also resides in, in other SaaS, you know, applications out there like O365 and Salesforce and many others. So our, our vision was to essentially go and deliver this first service on top of this data platform, that delivers this this backup as a service across all of these three dimensions: on-premises, public cloud applications, as well as you know ultimately SaaS applications. So that's that's been the founding vision of the company. Okay,
2: very interesting. I hear a couple of things. So I hear that you're starting with AWS. Is this SaaS offering? Is this something that will go into multi-cloud as well? So is Azure coming quickly after you've done uh, most of it with AWS? Is Google Cloud coming? Are other cloud service providers? uh, Are you already talking with them as well? What's, What's the view on that? What's the next step once AWS is? going and 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 customers are asking about other cloud service providers as well
1: yeah absolutely right from the get-go uh you know if you see since since we started uh in late 2017 you know we started with a you know blank sheet of paper we architected this platform and this service to fundamentally you know be multi-cloud because more and more the current world is a multi-cloud world so so again given a startup given you have to have focus you know, we started off uh, with AWS. Within AWS, also we support multiple regions, but in the US today. So there's multiple, you know, dimensions of going and um, and going ex- and expanding from there. You know, one dimension is really around the use case that I talked about. If you look at today, you know, we, we basically you know support uh, VMware on premises workloads and VMware on the public cloud, specifically uh, on AWS. Right, that's what we we support today. But on that dimension, as I said, we have to go and expand the use case and really go and support, you know, starting off with applications that are built natively in the public cloud. Again, we'll start with AWS there. But ultimately, we have to go and, you know, support applications built in in the public cloud across, you know, any public cloud and then ultimately SaaS, right? So that's one dimension. The other dimension is to really go and support as a destination, right? today, the service runs on top of AWS. But as we start supporting, even protecting, you know, applications uh, in other clouds, we have to wide the choice for the end user in terms of going and picking the destination, so uh, as you know, as a Azure or a GCP, and and, and 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 pick the region, you know, uh, depending on you know where the the application is running, right? And so you know, just you know, there's multiple dimensions of expansion on the use case side within AWS. Also, as I said, only in the US right now. We have to go and expand this internationally, right? And then uh, you know, we have to do this across multiple clouds. So as you know, as 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 we as, as we grow as as a company, you will see us go and you know basically tackle this you know, holistically, but we have architected the platform to be be multi-cloud from the get-go.
0: Okay, so Pujan, uh, a question, because uh, you've been talking about uh, software as a service, so you partially replied to a question I had, which was, what is the essential use case going to support, and you stated, uh, VMware workloads to get started with. But uh, in terms of software as a service, so the plan is to eventually support uh, software as a service offerings even natively on the cloud. But uh, is it also related to the, the kind of the the business model that you're proposing in a I in mean, the consumption model? Are you going to be somehow working as a kind of software as a service? So you said you're going to be natively running on the cloud. So uh, how do I get started? Do I, Do you have any... Virtual appliances, which will locally and send data to the cloud, or how is it working?
1: So I think yeah, that is one of the big places that we have uh, innovated, right? So I'll kind of uh, double click a little bit into the how of Clumio, right? From a from an experience perspective, and this is where I think it's very very powerful, right? And so you know when we talk to our customers, you know, we are not in the business of going and you know selling them infrastructure, selling them software that they have to manage and run. And, and and kind of upgrade and so on and so forth, right? Which is a, just a non-starter in this in this current you know day and age, uh, you know, whether it's the workload is an on-premises or for that matter as the application is moving to the cloud, right? So our experience, if you kind of walk through our experience, is really simple, right? You know, I'll walk you through a simple example of it is where you basically go to clumeo.com, you're registering, you know, with your login and password. And then after that, we, you know, after uh, uh, some, some security token exchange and things like that, we basically give you uh, a OVA, a virtual appliance that you download in your, uh, in, in, the, in the example of uh, in a VMware, you download it in your, uh, you know, uh, on-premises vCenter environment. And also you could do the same thing in your VMC environment. And as soon as that you know virtual machine that virtual appliance powers on and by the way there could be multiple of them it's all ultimately controlled end-to-end via our SaaS service there is no management from the customer side but as soon as that virtual appliance powers on it connects to the sas service you know running in in the cloud and on your clume.com you're basically seeing all of your inventory show up. So in the case of VMware it would be your data center, your vcenter, your cluster, folders, tags, VMs, everything show up in front of you, all the metadata. And then you're basically creating policies, you know, across data centers, across your environments. And essentially, you know, that's it. We do the rest. You don't even need to create an AWS account or, or a cloud account to so speak, you're not seeing the cloud underneath, other than you know maybe just picking a region that you might, might want to pick, you know, for uh, for for various reasons. So that is the simplicity, right? We start backing up. So within like in 15 minutes of the call, right now, if you were a customer, 15 minutes into this call, we could be you know backing up your uh, on-premises VMware environment with uh, the service that's live today, or for that matter, you know, VMware running on AWS, and ultimately, as I said, any native workload that's running in the cloud right in less than 15 minutes and that is a game changer and 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 if you if you look at a little bit more into the how to do something like this we have had to essentially engineer you know this 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 piece you know in the cloud where all the brain you know resides in a very interesting way because if you look at you know if you kind of open and look under the hood you know you we have to go and build all the functionality of the, the backup use case in terms of uh, the cataloging, in terms of the, the scheduling, and, and all of that, right? So that's number one. Then we had to go and essentially build a metadata file system on top of the object storage in the public cloud that provides the duplication, compression, encryption, and you know, all of this uh, functionality that a typical hardware vendor will have to provide in the in the on-premises side. Then you know, we we basically had to go and deliver all of this uh, as a multi-tenant SaaS, you know, platform so that, you know, from a customer perspective, each customer kind of thinks of it as his own tenant. But, but ultimately, we are kind of managing the multi-tenancy, you know, behind the scene. And then, you know, last but not the least, you essentially have to, you know, build this as a service and really deliver it as a service so the customer is not you know, at the end of the day, in the business of managing anything and upgrading and installing and all of that, really, you know, from our developers writing code in the laptops to it's showing up in the service in the cloud, which is, you know, historically been in the arena of the Netflixes and Googles of the world, right? But really building this this, this seamless CICD pipeline so that we can deliver this service in the cloud that, you know, all of that has been significant IP that we have built from scratch to really deliver this as a true, you know, SaaS service.
0: Okay. So uh, Pujan, I get it that everything is going to be stored on the cloud. And from what I understood, you know, you already have uh, experience yourself and your team with working with file systems. You mentioned that your guys were working with VMFS. So how is that stored on the cloud? I guess this is not going straight to S3 probably, right? Do you have your own kind of appliance which resides on the cloud? How are you storing and processing the data
1: there? Yeah, so I think that is where I think we've truly built a, a cloud-native architecture, right? So anytime, you know, you try to front-end an S3 with uh, with your own, uh, you know, piece of software running an EC2 and, and all of that, you can you can deliver a, a small and medium business type, type solution, but you cannot really do it at scale and you can't definitely do it for the enterprise. So the way we have architected this, at the end of the day, we've taken advantage of the cloud the right way. And so... The end of the day when data is being pushed you know from on-premises to the cloud or for that matter for an app running in the cloud into the cloud you know it's all front-ended by an S3 so that you know you know obviously Amazons of the world, AWSs of the world and Azures and GCPs of the world have essentially solved that problem for you where you have tremendous amount of bandwidth uh, with something like an S3 so you kind of you know build something so that you can suck in a lot of that stuff into the S3 uh, but obviously we have the the dedupe and and compression engine that's running on top of it, and all of it is is a, a microservice-based architecture managed by Kubernetes and you know running in pods and that can scale up and scale down. But fundamentally, it's fronted by front-ended by S3, so you can essentially build a system that has no bottlenecks. And then obviously behind the scenes, you know once the the data has landed, you know obviously in, in, in the right formats and the, the in the right objects and so on and so forth, we have the ability to do a lot of things behind the scenes. With the data that is that is landed, you kind of stitch things together as needed, and you know spawn them off as needed, and and really attach it to compute instances on demand, and so on and so forth. So there's a lot of things that happen in the in the background, but the front end we keep it as as S3 to just really get that that bandwidth and not be hit with bottlenecks.
2: That's actually one of the the questions I had. So. I get you, you You help the customer, I get that you're looking at it from a cloud perspective, but a lot of customers that you will get do have the question, okay, so I get a, a SaaS offering, I install some things on my VMware environment, I'm going to push a lot of data to the cloud. What? bandwidth is needed? That's, that's a very big question. I've seen it going wrong multiple times with multiple customers, with multiple backup offerings, by the way. So is there already a solution architecture for these kind of questions? Do you already offer the customers bandwidth calculations that they need Maybe do an express route for Azure or a direct connect for AWS or something like that to help them scope this really well because it's their data and, and they want to push it to the cloud for a reason, but it needs to get there and it shouldn't take all the bandwidth that is needed for multiple other things as well. So. There's
1: something you can tell on that on that as well. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so yeah, I think that is where you know our thinking and our roots in the enterprise uh, I think go a long way, right? You know, we have we have thought through this you know from end to end perspective. So, so all of your questions are the questions that we get asked you know on a daily basis, right? with you know, given in all the you know customers that we have today and all the the POCs that we are doing as we speak, you know, this gets asked quite often, right? You know, how many of these you know virtual appliances I would need? What kind of bandwidth you know? I would need, you know, uh, and so what we have basically done is, and then things like, you know, how much of bandwidth you'll use, uh, you know, if I already have, you know, some Direct Connect or Express Route and stuff like that. And, and so the good news is, I think for the enterprise environments, we actually bump into a lot of cases where people do have, you know, things like Direct Connect, given it is you know, relatively very cheap uh, to get something like this like for three or four grand a month. You could get, you know, a Direct Connect uh, to AWS, right? And and I'm sure similar things uh, with with Azure. But but bottom line is you know we you know have firstly built our, our appliances with, with all the, the the pipelining within them and so while one thread is doing something the other thread is pushing the data and third thread is doing something else so it's 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 really built to take into account that okay ultimately I'm I'm kind of uh, multiplexing this the job of a CPU and the job of maybe a, a disk and the network in a picture so that I can I can utilize uh, the network to its fullest. And of course, things, technologies like deduplication and compression, and you know, removing the zeros and all of that, we have built in to really, you know, only send the data that absolutely needs to get sent, right? So, you know, a Windows image across the entire environment for customer could look identical, so I don't need to send all of that. So that the deduplication engine is built so that I can utilize the network the right way uh, to to really help the customer in the journey. You know, we are able to essentially look at you know their environment or you know, uh, and essentially you know look at you know what kind of you know, change rates they have what kind of you know data they have and what kind of bandwidth they need so we kind of guide them in the process if they have any such questions and, and as as they use them if somebody already has you know beefy networks like the red connect and stuff like that we also have enterprise features like bandwidth throttling where you can essentially say okay even though i want these backups to go uh you know midnight to 6 a.m and by the way you know data you know you, you seed it once after that you're pretty much doing incrementals and and deduplication and compressed incrementals on top of it. But even if you're doing it, say, you know, midnight to six a.m., and you want to make sure that you know the service doesn't use more than forty you percent know, of the bandwidth available, we have that built into the platform. So you can basically set those limits, and we'll basically make sure that you don't we don't use any more than that, that number that you you let us that you let us know that we should use, and not not muck around with other routers and then other settings. So we try to keep all of the simplicity in, in mind as we've built this.
2: Yeah, totally understand. I think uh, just some information from my side. Look out for things like the Asia Pacific region where bandwidth is a whole other beast than uh, we are getting in um, in in Europe and and in 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 the US as well, where bandwidth is uh, more or less a given. I've seen things in in Asia Pacific regions where it's it's much more difficult to uh, to just upgrade a line and and get lines that are capable of of, of doing large data sets and moving it to the cloud. So um, yeah, once you get there, uh, make sure that you that you know that and yeah, keep your customers updated and really help them move that data to the cloud because that's really what they're looking for. You already mentioned a little bit about the customers that you're already working with. Can you tell us a little bit more about some of your customers, maybe not mentioning names, but in, in which areas they're working, that kind of stuff and what you're doing with them?
1: Absolutely. you know, And I think some of these uh, uh, the customers will also you know, show up on our website because they're, they're public you know, references to speak. What I say is like, you know, start up with, you know, a financial services customer, for instance. And, and again, as I said, it's it's a horizontal play. And if you look at our customers today and even like the, the sheer number of POCs that we are running as we speak, there is, you know, it's across every, every vertical out there, right? And because the problem is just, you know, a very horizontal problem. And we are just, you know, getting, approaching it with such a differentiated solution and such simplicity. Customers are really, you know, wanting to. Experience this, and really want to get uh, out of the business of uh, managing infrastructure or managing pieces of software in the cloud and running them and spinning them up and down and upgrading them and, and, and so on and so forth. Right. So, so the theme has been we talk about one of our customers. It's a, it's it's a, it's a publicly referenceable customer. It's it's Causeway Capital. Uh, it's a it's a customer. It's a financial services customer uh, based in Los Angeles. But they basically it's like you know so there's a SaaS first strategy in the company, which is we want to use the public cloud, and we want to satisfy anything and everything you know that we can. And as we move into the public cloud, we need you know solutions for those workloads too. So once they started looking, and then uh, and at the solution for for backup, and we approached them, it's like, yeah, this completely makes sense. You know, we want our people to be doing other high value uh, tasks versus you know babysitting infrastructure or backups for my on-premises. And as we are looking to move some of our application in the cloud itself you know your service uh, will just easily allow me you know uh, you know to essentially back up that that workload uh in the public cloud as i move the application because again backup is needed for applications that are in public cloud too right and so so that kind of simplicity that kind of kind of freedom that we are giving to the customers and i call it the freedom from the mundane so to speak is is really you know what is attracting uh, the customers towards something like this, and that's been, you know, for for Causeway Capital, but it's, it's been the case for every other, you know, customer that uh, you know is, is, is already a paying customer of the service, or for anybody else who's looking at us currently.
0: Okay, so Pujan, uh, we are uh, about uh, to be at the at the end of the of the call almost. We have like two three minutes to get start to to finish. So I I have a challenge for you. Is there three questions? And one of them is going to be a bit trickier. The other ones are easy. So I'll start with the easy questions. Uh, which so let's start with the harder one. In fact, so for me the the, the point is uh, the the backup, uh, let's say backup restore data protection market is a very uh, attractive market, a very lucrative one, but also one that is getting increasingly crowded. And there are already a lot of companies which are already present and offering things in the cloud. So. Uh, if you can, in, in under one minute or two minutes, can you tell me what is the main differentiator? How would you convince your telling you are tell running this POC? So, is that is simplicity the main selling point you are offering as of now? Because you have also the context of the data platform, which will grow in the background. So, can you tell me a bit about that?
1: Absolutely, right. So today, I think it's very simple, right? You know, right? It's a it's a crowded market, but fundamentally, if you look at you know, these two use cases on the on-premises side. There is a bunch of vendors, but the way we differentiate from almost all of them is that, you know, we are not going and, and selling, you know, infrastructure. We are giving them uh, a solution, which is very simple and which is a service that's running in the cloud and multi-cloud, you know, for, for customers, you know, picking their, their own cloud eventually, right? And that's for the on-premises case. So that's a brownfield opportunity. But again, you know, we're going with a very differentiated solution for those customers. But more interestingly, as customers are moving to the public cloud, You're right? You know, you know, right there. I think that's that's a big opportunity, and that, you know, install base and that use case also needs to be, you know, addressed from a backup perspective, but with a service. You know, it can't be a legacy architecture telling me to download and install a bunch of software across accounts across regions. It will not scale, and it will be cost prohibitive as soon as the customer starts running it. Because it's not just about the license that I have to pay the backup vendor; it's the amount of money I have to pay AWS and azure and gcp right and so so right there you know we differentiate with those vendors too because you know we have the opportunity to kind of start from a, a blank sheet of paper to really deliver a service and that is going to be the future okay thank you
2: so i'll do the the, the last two questions which are uh, rather simple can you tell us a little bit more about the consumption ma- model and then how customers can buy the Clumio software or the Clumio solution so they can start using it?
1: Yeah, so the the consumption model, uh, also we've kind of had a lot of simplicity in the consumption model. More importantly, it's a predictability for the end customer, right? You know, I I don't have to, you know, go and promise, you know, dedupe and compression ratios only to come back later and say, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get it to them. So you have to buy more, you know, infrastructure for me and so forth, right? So we've kept it very simple it's uh, for the for the vm workload at least it's a per vm per year you know pricing it includes everything you know uh, you know all the all the costs so there is no you know other hidden costs and that's the cost you pay and that's that right so we basically make it made it very predictable and just have the 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 elasticity and the ability for you know customers to come in and add more as as needed
2: okay and and the last one on, on where they can buy it. So is it just going to the Clumio website and 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 go from there, or do they need to do other things as well?
1: Yeah. So I, you know, obviously you can come to our website. You can essentially schedule a demo, and 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 we'll 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 start working with you to get a, a POC started. But fundamentally, we're a hundred percent channel company, and so you know we. Typically, end up working with, uh, with. You know, every person has a channel partner that they typically work with. But essentially, we work with a lot of channel partners out there who are, uh, you know, more and more looking for, you know, going into the cloud and SaaS. And we are a great, you know, solution that allows them also to get their customers on the journey. But typically, you know, that's how it works. You know, you end up uh, buying it through a channel partner of ours.
2: So, Pujan, thank you so much for uh, being on the podcast. Uh, I really enjoyed. Uh the talk we had really looking forward on um, on everything that's coming really interesting to see where everything is heading yeah let's um let's talk again soon maybe you and max can join up on uh, at 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 pure uh, pure accelerate in austin uh, in a couple of months but yeah let's keep in contact and actually tell us at last when your uh, when everybody can use the, the the Clumio software
1: yeah the Clumio service actually has been generally available for the last you know 3 months but we are launching uh, formally out of stealth on August 13th and so yeah you can come to our website and, uh, and get started you know from from August 13th okay very cool thank you so much thank you very much max thank you very much uh, arjan really excited about uh, talking to you and looking forward to seeing you guys soon Thank you.